You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 68. 68, and me and Tyler aren't fresh off a session, but I am fresh off a session. Let me paint a picture for you. I was going to meet Clint at the poker room. I I called, I was like, hey, you know, how long were you planning on staying? And he's like, oh, oh, oh. So I I assumed he was in a big hand. And then about a minute later, he's like, I just got massively cooler. (laughs) And then I was like, well, I'm not driving out for that. Yeah. (laughs) So it's. Uh, so okay, going into the session, I uh, I kind of caught the tournament bug lately, and I had originally thought to do the tournament, but the big problem is being is I find those so fun, but they're either not going to be profitable in the long run or they're very minorly profitable, so it's. It's kind of hard when that's kind of what you've been wanting to do, but you know it's not the best decision and best way to make use of your time. So I kind of was coming off that, but I got there a little bit after the tournament started, and I was like, okay, well, this is good. I can do cash anyways. It's what I really need to – so I really need need to sit down and uh, put some grinding hours in. Uh, I get – I start off just red hot. Uh, I play a bomb pot. I flop of a set of aces on one board, uh, which is the complete and total nuts, uh, and just an overpair on the other board that's very connected. So, a player bets 15, another one, another one calls, I pop for 105, another guy calls, the other guy just talks massive shit about me bullying, and which I hadn't, like... It'd been like 15 to 20 minutes I had not played a hand when I first got there. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, is this someone you play with before? Uh, he looked like I recognized him a little bit, but not one of the regular regulars. But you would be proud. I mean, I'm always responding to stuff like this, we'll say. I just let it go. Uh, well, the turn is kind of shitty for me. It makes a straight on the pocket aces board. Uh... So, and then the other board is just kind of, was already shitty and gotten shittier. Uh, but that being said. So, what do you have on the other board that's not the set of aces? Uh, just an overpair. Okay. But it's something like seven five three or something. But most of us, whenever you play these bomb pots, you're not assuming an overpair is good in a PLO bomb pot, correct? A hundred percent. Right, Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't think it's good. I mean, I think there is a small chance if he happens to be playing the one where I have a set of aces on, I might be. But this is multi-way, though, right? No, this is now heads up. Okay, okay, gotcha. That That's where I was confused. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it was a bet, a call, I make it 105, and only one player calls. So the turn makes a straight, but it's not a real obvious straight. And I'm like, I mean, it didn't complete like an open ender or anything like that. So I'm like, well, I can't just assume he hits this. I pot it, and he goes into the tank for like three minutes maybe uh, and ends up folding. And he had a straight on – I mean, from what he said he had, which seemed very legitimate, should never be folding there because he said he had a straight on the top board, the one I didn't have a set on, 
and I think he had two pair on the. I mean, I mean, it was all a hand. I was like, God damn! I mean, it should like if he was being legitimate, which it seemed like he was, should have been a snap call. So I don't know. I mean, the whole thing was kind of weird for me. Uh, but I was, I was when he folded and said that, I was super glad he folded though. <laughs> no, absolutely. Which is why you always say you should bet your PLO hands whenever you have, well, a nutted hand. But this wasn't quite nutted, but. That's yeah. why you bet so hard is to get them off their equity on the other board that you might not have as much. Exactly. I mean, you you want to if you're chopping. I mean, you want you don't want to be chopping that. So, uh, you want to put you want to lean on them and put some pressure. So I take down a pretty good pot, and then Omaha about 15 minutes later, I get ace ace nine six single suited to the ace. Uh, I raise to twenty and three cl- three call, flop is ace nine nine so you have a boat the nine ace is full yeah Yeah, i got aces full should you take one of my aces away i actually got nines full of aces (laughs) that's what i was thinking yeah i i bet okay uh it was like 85 90 dollars in the pot i bet 30 because i don't i literally don't know what anybody can have here but i feel like i do need to try to get some money in the pot and i'm like well this is Probably just going to fold to me almost every time. <laughs> Two call. Don't know what in the hell they have. On the turn, I just wrote, who really cares? Uh, I mean, I, there's very few turns that would not make me the... the where I am not don't have the nuts here. Uh, bet is... I bet 100 and then both fold, which... I was fine with, because, I mean, really, I didn't expect to get hardly any value on the flop. I mean, there's nothing out there. Uh, I think there was a flush draw, so I guess one might have been like, one might have been on a flush draw, calling on a paired board, but I did give pretty good odds. Do you ever think about betting, like, 30 or 50? I, I mean, mean yeah. you're so locked up there. I just, I mean, you even have one of the other nines to deny quads. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I mean you're 100% right. But it was like 185 in the pot at that point. Oh, no, no, no. I know. I just, I uh, mean, when you're so nutted and you know most likely they're both going to call with almost no equity, that's, I mean, it depends probably, how deep you are, but I was kind of thinking maybe something like, I was thinking maybe you did like 50, 60, not 100. You probably have a good point. Because, I mean, then, like, I'm giving them such good odds to chase a flush. And then if they do hit a flush, are they chasing that the entire way just to fold it to, you know, a regular size bet? Right, exactly. So I kind of like your thought process there. In the moment, when you flop just that that good, you're kind of just stunned for a, for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I can see that for sure. So I do, I, but looking back at it, not just because of the results of they both folding, but I do think there's you do have a really good point. Uh so I am just I am just killing it right now. I mean, it's like an hour in. I'm up like three hundred fifty bucks or whatever. But then I kind of run into like a kind of string of cards, and there's no interesting hands here. It's a lot of little pocket pairs where I'm getting really good odds to draw to a set, and I miss a couple other hands that just miss and kind of get whittled down to where I'm up like I'm up like a hundred. 25 150 uh i get into a very interesting hand it is limped around and the player raises to 20 
and he's on the cutoff. I'm on the button. I have pocket jacks. I make it 70 to go. Okay. I, I like all this. Okay. Uh, weirdly enough, one of the limp that limped in for three now cold calls a 70. Sounds, seems reasonable. Seems reasonable. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, if we, you can't beat this game, I don't. I don't know what what we're what we're supposed to do here, which uh, we're about to find out. It's a. Uh, <laughs> then the it comes back around to this other guy who raised it to twenty, and I'm a little nervous. Whenever I three bet jacks, it has not gone well for me in the past. But since everybody says I should three bet jacks, I keep doing it like a moron. Uh, th- this guy is kind of, and I'm like. This is going to be a problem because I think he's going to jam. And he's got, at the very minimum, ace-king. And I think he's got me beat. He kind of hems and haws for a long time. He ends up making the fold. The flop is 10-8-4. The The player's got like 200 behind. He checks... I bet 100, and then he jams for his other 100. Oh, I mean, this all seems good. I mean, I don't love it because I'm like, well, this seems like, well, lately, lately, after I thought about it, I was like, pocket 10s doesn't make any sense. Queens, kings, aces are never limping and just not re-raising there. So I make the call. I mean, getting insane odds with an overpair, so definitely. And he has ace, king. So I mean, I was thinking... Um... That it was the move that you bet a hundred to get the all in here, right? That's what you wanted. I mean, that seemed that seemed like a good bet to me. Oh yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. Oh, I'm exactly where I want to be. The guy who folded to me that originally raised is like, oh god, I'm an idiot. He folded queens. I mean, I can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm like, oh thank god. So now I'm in a massive pot. It was a huge favorite. We we run it twice. He hits a king on the first board and hits runner-runner straight on the second board to scoop. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, it was pretty tough to be as a 75% favorite and not be able to win one of the pots. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that one's super tough. That's super sad. So I only run it once, so it doesn't feel as bad. <laughs> yeah, so the suck out at least, you know. <laughs> It's a because uh, this is a disaster. I mean, this is <laughs> such a disaster. Uh, so that puts me down pretty hard, and from there, I just cannot get anything going. Not getting good cards, not getting good flops, and just whittle it down to like where I bought my original buy-in was for four hundred. I end up cashing out for one fifty. It was just, I just, yeah, it just took the wind out of me to, I mean. God, I'm like an 80, I think I'm like an 88% favorite to like at least win one of the pots. So that was pretty, just just murdered me. Uh, so that was a session I just came off of. Now, do you, you like three betting the jacks there? Yeah, no, I think I think it was played um, good throughout. Okay. I like the 100 bet, I like the 100 size bet on the flop to get the committed them all in. Like, it all seemed good. Okay. I mean, it's uh, just not your day to win, apparently. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, the result, uh, 100%, I love the result of getting 
you know, all my money in was 75%. It was a 75% favorite. I'm taking that every day of the week. Yeah, but I thought everything, I mean, I like, I thought everything was played well. And after that, it doesn't matter. So, but three betting jacks just seems to be horrible for me. And I literally got lucky that someone just able to fold Queens. Uh, Mm, yeah, there. what a horrible fold. But uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that should be an all-in every time over to pinch out that. Uh, well, the guy they king is still calling, but um, more incentivized to four bet when you have a flat behind. So three ways. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And I don't. I yeah, I already said. I told myself if he jammed, I was just gonna fold. Well, if it would have been a jam and a call, right? Or were you, you were next act? Yeah, I was yeah. next act. So, I mean, but I mean, once he jams there, I mean, at the very least, he's got ace-king. I mean, it, I'm oh, drawing and... to 50-50, and it seemed like he had better. I mean, I thought he might have actually have kings, the way he was hemming and hauling and everything. Well, and you saw the guy behind you, too. Well, I guess, it, well, with the all-in. It's hard to put him as strong as ace-king when he limped in pre-flop. Um, the I was expecting the limp all in whatever with aces when from when this story started. That's what I was expecting, just because that's this type of game. Yeah. Oh, that that would make perfect sense. I mean, I don't know if he does that. I mean, I probably just fold because that seems to be aces every time. Uh, then I mean, talk about. I guess you should be limping aces if that's going to happen. A bet and a re-raise. <laughs> uh. So, but yeah, it was a kind of an interesting spot. It's. I'm I'm kind of on the ver uh, like like I say I know you should be three betting jacks but it's not gone well for, well for me so we'll have to see what I how I end up playing this but with that guy being on the cutoff I was felt like I was even better bet. What if you did this? This is something that is going to go against all the training sites and everything. This is just pure theory crafting for you losing with jacks three betting. Okay. What if you still three bet, but you size down a little bit more? Maybe adjust your three bet sizing on this. Like, be completely exploitative. Bet big with your good ace, aces, ace king, kings, and then three bet. But maybe instead of doing like seventy, maybe do like uh, fifty-five. Well, I think the problem with that is, well, yeah, that's probably a good, pretty good idea. I mean, because you always hate when you get four bet with them, right? So then you could still fold and lose less if you're so slow playing something. And it would make the pot a little bit smaller. Um, well, and then I was going to say, I was like, it's kind of a hard hand to play like post-flop unless you get like a flop like I did and, uh, on that one. But it shouldn't be that hard to play. I mean, because... You're looking at it, and once they just call that three bet, well, now aces and kings are out of their range usually. Even the nittiest of players are going to probably four bet aces and kings. So, I mean, at the very best, it's queens, and that's only one combination of an overpair. So probably not. That's probably a pretty good idea. Just a thought. I know Jackson has giving you lots of troubles in the last few months. So I'll just maybe think about adjusting something other than doing the same thing over and over again. That's probably that's not a bad idea. Uh, so that was that session. It was a. Uh, oh, I want to do also. So this is completely off our usual topic of how he did and everything, but there are some stories that I read about that I do feel need to be shared, and I don't know if you'd heard about it. 
So this guy tweets, he's got terminal cancer of the brain, and it's inoperable. So he's going to die. He tweets that he's uh, put up, he wants to do the WSOP main event before he goes, and he's, he's trying to get people to take 70% of his action. A lot of people are taking to kind of help him out or whatever. I got to give major props to a huge high-stakes player, MJ Gonzalez, who tells everybody not to worry about it, that instead of selling his action, he's going to put the player in for the entire ten grand, and he can keep all of his action. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so I was like, you know, with all the crappy stories that go around poker, you know, the possible cheating and all that, I feel like stories like that don't get enough run. And I read that today, and I was like, that is a freaking amazing story. So I got to give really big props to uh, that uh, poker pro, MJ Gonzalez. He got a new fan. He definitely got a new fan today. Absolutely. Yeah. That, where did, do you know? Remember you read it out or you just saw it through Facebook? Uh, I threw it, saw it through Facebook. I think one of the Houston players, I, I kind of sometimes go down these rabbit hole of Houston players. I think uh, Josh Burkhalter, who's not even facebook friend of mine but somehow <laughs> i ended up on that page and he had that story and then i went and looked it up to make sure it was legit before i you know said anything about it and sure enough it was legit oh wow that is awesome so i mean it's a detour but i felt like that's definitely something we needed to give mention to <laughs> a detour worth taking for sure yeah um uh, i guess you want to talk about our well is that the end of that session that is the that is the sad ending of that session. I mean, which is not the worst. I mean, buying in for one fifty, losing uh, buying in for four hundred, losing one fifty, not that bad. But you know, when it starts to go up, and you're like, ooh, ooh, this could be one of those to write home about. And then not, not great, but it's a uh, that was the end of that session. Well, so then we went and met at Paramount, right? We uh yeah we went and we played at Paramount. Probably last Thursday, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess. Do you want? Do you remember any of your hands? I remember my hands. You want me to start? Uh, yeah. Go ahead and start with your hands. So, the session starts off, and I start off okay. I, you know, I take down maybe one or two pots, and maybe win. You know, there's one two, so I win. Like, I'm up like thirty bucks, maybe something like that. You know. Okay. Nothing. Nothing too crazy happens. <sighs> and then the bomb pot happens. PLO bomb pot. I have six three. I think it was like nine ten. Nine ten of hearts. Six three offsuit. The flop comes two four five on one board, and then I flop um, just a gutter with a backdoor flush draw on the other board. Oh, I thought you had a front door flush draw when you. I were might have. Did I? Well, you said flush draw. Just assumed it was a uh, a front door. When did, um, I, it might have been a front door flush draw because it would make more sense for this hand. Okay, so you had, so we, I had a gutter way, and you, a front you, door flush so draw. So you flop the complete stone cold nuts in a straight on one board, and then you flop a gutter and we're gonna, we're gonna say some type of flush draw on the other board. Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess you're probably right because, um, yeah, given the run out, I guess it would make sense. It's a front door flush draw. But um, so I pot it. So I guess that one guy leads out for like 20. I pot it and it was like, was it like 105? That sounds about right. 
another guy calls for all in for less, but almost 105. It was like maybe 190, something like that. And another guy calls. And this is one of those situations. Yeah, it was a front door flush. Because I was like, someone is probably on the same straight as me, but I'm hopefully free rolling the other board. Right. Um, the turn pairs both boards. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's a pretty shitty turn. That was a pretty shitty turn for for you. So, and so and me and I this... think you potted it for more because I think that guy had like 180. You said 180, and I think that was close to what y'all had. Oh, he must have went all in. That's what it was. Action wasn't reopened because I asked yeah, if it was reopened. That's right, you did. So, you potted it for 105. He goes all in for like 180, but it doesn't reopen the action. Yep. But y'all both have him covered in call. Yes. And y'all both have... Not crazy amount, but some, like, I think it was probably like 150 to 200 behind. About 150, yeah. Okay. Board pairs on both. He checks, and I was like, I was debating jamming almost everything. And I'm like, wow, that would be silly. So I check. I love the check here. I completely brick my flush draw. Yeah, because the board paired. Yeah, yeah. So it was a front door flush draw. So then I brick on that board, and then the other board brings in like a flush two on my straight board. So I'm like, well, this is all sorts of bad. Right. Um, so me and the guy who were deep stack both had the same straight, but he boated on one of them. When the board paired, he he boated. But luckily, he didn't see it. Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, there's just no way you're not betting this turn. I mean, like I, I was because I was so confused on how he didn't bet this turn until you said that. Well, he, um, I mean, when he turned his cards over, he thought we all thought the other guy was scooping until someone pointed it out to him. Okay. I mean, everyone, no one saw it until um, someone pointed it out. It's probably you. You always like to point that stuff out. Um, Maybe. Yeah, I mean, good eye for it, right? It always speeds the game up, which is nice. Um, so yeah, he had two pair and the same straight as me. Mm-hmm. The other guy had, what did he have? He had two pair and a flush draw? Yeah, he had, he flopped. So it couldn't have been the board y'all were playing. He yeah. flopped uh, two pair, ace nine. Because I remember he had ace nine and two spades. And I think, was it spades? It was spades that hit y'all's, y'all's board, I think. I think he did get to the flush on he the did. river. No, he did. He so, did. I mean... But I, the boat, so they chopped him and the other guy chopped because they both had boat over boat. Yeah. This is one of those where I, th- I think I'm a little bit better at split pot games than you. And I'll usually, I'll, and I'll usually give you some advice on what you did right or wrong. And I'll be like, well, you could get out of that or something like this. This is one hand that literally just played itself. Uh, with you flopping the straight, the nut straight and a flush draw. The other guy flopped your same straight with two pair as well on your on the board that y'all had a straight. And then the other guy flopping top two pair with a uh, fl- nut flush draw on y'all's board. I mean, this is one of those. It was just three trains going down the tracks. They're meeting in the middle. I mean, this is one that everybody pretty much had the same equity, and you just got fucked. <laughs> yeah, that sums up my poker this year. Um, <laughs> and then... <laughs> My other big hand of note was, um, so I added on that my next big hand of note was, I had, it was another PLO bomb pot. I had pocket threes and two hearts again. And 
the flop the flop came on one board jack jack three so i flop threes full of jacks and the other board i just flop a flush draw and i think a gutter but i mean mainly just the flush draw i bet pretty big i get raised and i go all in over the top and so we're both all in and then he goes um for your sake, you better hope you don't have pocket threes. <laughs> and I was like, well, that ain't what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah. So he had jack three for jacks full of threes. Turns quads. I river my flush on the other board, though. So we chop. But like he said, my pocket threes were actually good on the other board. I didn't even need the flush. He just had quads. But, I mean, to be flopped jacks full of threes when you have threes full of jacks is so brutal. That, I mean, is super, super brutal. Even in a PLO bomb pot where everybody has four cards and everybody's playing everything with two boards. I mean, that's still, I mean, it ceases to matter. That is still a horrid beat. I mean, luckily you took down the second board, so it didn't hurt you too much. But, I mean, it's got to be kind of disorienting that you just, like, you flopped that well and then you're... And you're still, like, running... Uh, I guess, in all honesty, I guess it was all the same because you had to think that he was ahead on the other board since you had almost nothing. Right, true. But, so, but yeah, I was super shocked to see that was uh, pretty bad. Um, and then, I mean, then it was just kind of just betting and missing and betting and missing and calling and missing. And then I got whittled down just... To nothing, and then I figured I might as well go all in in my PLO hand with 30 bucks, and I lost. That was the easily, not even close to the longest time I've ever seen you like short stack for that length of time. <laughs> well, we carpooled, I had no money, so my oh. options were beyond limited. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> I mean, if you don't have a, I mean, I had already looked at the Uber ride, <laughs> I mean, a few times. It was like 14 bucks. I was like, well, I don't know. Yeah, it was a. Uh... So, I got into a couple pretty interesting hands. Uh, there's a raise to 15. I have King-10 off. I call, and it's three ways of the flop. King-10 off is probably pretty light call, but at, at a place where the ranges are very wide, I mean, I still feel like I'm going to have some suited Kings beat, some like 8-10, 9-10, Jack-10 dominated. The flop is 10-8-4, about exactly what I'm looking for. Pre-flop raiser raises to 20. I feel like he's going to be doing this little wide range of uh, hands, e even with two other players in there. Both me and the other guy call. The turn is a 10. I'm, I mean, I'm loving this card because I'm like, well, if I'm up against Jack-10, 9-10... Uh, Queen 10, I mean, I am just, this is, yeah. this is just golden. He bets again. I only call, and the other player calls. I'm like, well, let me, let me see what, what's, what's going on here. I'm like, if I have a 10, I'm pretty, I'm so, I'm, I, this is one that I'm so far ahead or so far behind. That it really ceases. I, like I don't really feel the need to raise. Oh yeah, I did that. That's right. I do remember this how this hand played out, and I did like, um, I did like your turn play. 
Yeah, well, really, in all honesty, I thought I thought you would probably hate it. So I was, I was well, good to hear. once you and once you broke it down, like either you're miles ahead or you're miles behind. Then I was like, that's a great point. Because at first I didn't like it, but then whenever you broke it down, I was like, that's very accurate. So I did. I do like that. At once you told me your strategy behind it, because in the moment I was like, eh. Yeah. Uh, the river is another four. And I'm hating this because I'm like, well, none of these. I mean, now all these tens just got let off the hook. Right. Absolutely. Uh, he bets eighty five. I trying to get any value raised to two hundred. He calls. He has ace ten, and I, I that four was not bad for me. It saved my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you a complete luck box. I mean, a hundred percent. Because I mean, just with. The way everybody plays at Paramount, I'm just not folding gigantic hands. Oh, no. I mean, that's just a cooler. Yeah. And it's just cooler. That's going to just naturally happen. And you just got super lucky to get bailed out. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, the, like people can be like, well, that person could have ace-10. He raised. I mean, I guess you could say, like, well, when you play king-10 off, that's what, I mean, that's kind of what you get. But, I mean, I feel like that's very... Re- I feel like that's results oriented to that hand. No, hundred percent. But like you, I mean, let's say he has queen ten, then you look like a genius at the four done pair, right? So I mean, yeah. So it's a uh, so I really kind of lucked out on that hand. And in that game, there's way more combinations of other tens than there are ace ten if the ranges are that wide in a one two game. So you're more likely to be up against a lesser ten than you are exactly ace ten. Yeah, this is a real hard con. I mean, I tell you what, you go on Reddit or some of the other forums, it's a real hard concept to go off of because they're going off of these exact charts that you'd probably use like in Vegas games. But when the ranges are that wide, you have to adjust a little. I mean, you can't sit there. It's not optimal to sit there and play 10% of hands when everybody's ranges are super wide and just sit there waiting for, you know, aces, kings, queens, jacks. Or ace king ace queen, because uh, a lot of people don't really get that how to adjust their ranges. It seems like um, correct. They don't get it, so there's almost no point to even try to explain it to them. But they'll keep crushing the twenty five fifty cent game. So that's cool. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, but again, it works great on those online games like that, right? But oh. you, you, I'm sure you do crush the, like the online tight games. But whenever you're in Texas, you need to adjust to more exploitative than GTO. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, and, like, if I was, like, going to play full-time in Vegas, I mean, I definitely, like, King-10 off is definitely probably a, is definitely a fold. So, but, like you say, you got to, you got to adjust to some of these, uh, some of these hands a little bit. Uh, I have six, seven, eight, nine in an Omaha hand, uh, single-suited, raised to 15, everybody calls. It's a uh, the flop is golden. One is I love how disguised it is because nobody really raises with six, seven, eight, nine in Omaha a lot. Everybody's only doing it with aces or kings. So the flop is six, six, five. Uh, I check, hoping because uh, I'm like, well, I got this so locked up. I've got all the draws and I've got the six. Uh. And then, but it checks around. I'd make one turn bet at 70 and everyone folds. So, kind of did not love, I mean, wish I could have got a little bit more value out of that, but. 
I was hoping somebody hit that ace and was going to give me a little bit of action. I mean, definitely rather have it go that way than someone cooler you, so. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, let me see. And I'm looking for... Okay, the next hand I'm going to go over. With pocket... Someone raises to 15. I make a call with pocket sevens. We're going two ways to the flop. It's... No, th I'm sorry, three ways to the flop. It's seven... Eight ace all clubs. Very kind of interesting. Uh, player bets thirty five. I call. I feel like I feel like raising here might be overplaying my hand. So and I'm like, well, I can just evaluate for another if another club comes. Uh, player behind goes all in for fifty five. I'm like, I don't love this. Because, I mean, on all on all-club board, I mean, someone's bet 35, someone's called, and then he decides to go all-in. This pretty much seems like a flush every single day of the week, but it's $20 more. The other guy calls. I mean, I just got odds to draw to a boat here. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, the turn is a blank. It... So, I uh, I the, check, yeah, the, the turn is a blank. We both check. The river's a club, so I'm like anybody who is drawing now, even with just the king of clubs, is now super good. So I'm pretty much about to muck my cards, and sure enough, they it checks, I, down. They, uh, yeah. checks down, and everybody everybody just basically says they have nothing. One guy had ace-king. I don't remember what the other guy had. I mean, I have no idea. I don't think he showed. Yeah, it's a... Uh, so somehow the set of seven stayed good on a four club board with tons of action. So that was one of the more interesting hands. Uh, the last hand I'll go over at Paramount was a, another one that was just baffling. Uh, it's an Omaha pot. I flopped two pair. Uh, there is no straight, no flush. So I decided to pot it for 65. One player calls. There is a flush draw. The flush hits the turn, and she goes all in, but she only has 15 bucks. I'm like, well, this is literally a flush 100% of the time. Uh, but, I mean, now the pot is... She's betting 15 into about 150. Oh, yeah, it's so, easy. I mean, you just have to call even... I mean, I don't know how little equity you need. Not much. I just well, I just figured. I mean, I got. I'm, I'm gonna draw to a boat. I'm gonna hit a boat ten percent of the time. Let's just, you know, let's just try. Uh, I miss the river, and I'm like, I almost again go to my, my cards, but I turn it over and say, you know, two pair. Or you have a flush, and sure enough, she's got nothing. So, right, she had. You had a set, right? No, I had just two pair. She had, that's right, she had top pair with an ace and then a busted straight draw. Yeah, I was, I mean, never been more shocked to have her turn over and realize I was good. I feel, I figured at the very minimum, like a crappy flush. Uh, so that was it for that. I end up, I do have a winning session on that session. Uh, profited about $340. So that was a, uh, so over those past two sessions, at least I am up 
about ninety dollars, so that's kind of nice. It's a, I mean, nothing. It's not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna go home and retire, but I mean, any any profit's always good. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I guess that's it, right? I mean, unless you have another session, I don't think you do. No, uh, gonna try to play a little bit more. I might end up playing Friday. Are you gonna play this week? Should be playing this Thursday, I believe. This work is killing me, man. I do not know how people work that many hours and still play poker. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, we've, like I say, our sessions have been sporadic uh, lately, but we, I mean, because we have been, uh, there's been a lot of overtime going on at work, but it's a, uh, we are getting back on the grind and we are going to have more hands that, uh, and be going over kind of our sessions a little bit more, a, l- a little bit more thoroughly coming up. But like I say, well, I was glad to at least get those two sessions and you know, get a get a little bit back on the grind again. Yeah, I mean, I still have the tournament bug as well, but I overslept my tournament from working the overnight. I woke up and I was like, oh god, no, and just went back to sleep. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, if you, I mean, the problem is, is these small buy-in tournaments, like literally everyone I go to, because I went to like bar, Crush Live Poker. And Bart, of course, was a uh, being like, well, I mean, it's okay for fun, but I mean, you're just not going to beat those tournaments. They're just too highly ranked. Then I go to the Jonathan Little had a tournament or a cash game where he's like, you know, cash game is just free money. He's like, why are you in tournaments at that point? And I'm like, well, if all these experts are saying the same exact thing, I'm like, seems dumb for me to be like, no. <laughs> $150 buy-in tournaments is what I'm going to crush. Clint is going to run it up. Build the bankroll. Yeah. Uh. It's, uh, I mean, it'd be one thing. Like, it's one thing if you could, uh, we could do, like, the higher buy-in tournaments, like the multi-flights that run. Like, if you're in Houston, Dallas, or Austin, you could do these multi-flight tournaments, and I think they're big enough that there is definitely beatable. But that's just not what we're... I mean, one is I think cash games is still by far the most profitable, and it works to our schedule way better. So it's a, uh, So we'll keep try, trying the cash. Although, I, I don't know, it seems like you really want to do some tournaments too, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I don't know. After last week's episode with Kings losing twice and everything, I really wanted to redeem myself and you know have a half-decent run. But, I mean, talk about not redeeming. Oversleeping the tournament... Not great. <laughs> that's the kind of work ethic that's gonna let's put you over the top, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, this concludes the Text Booker Podcast. Maybe we'll wake up in time to play a tournament next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.